Hey there! Did you know Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower-than-low prices? And when you download the Kroger app, you'll enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. And don't forget fuel points to help you save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. Want to save even more? With a Boost membership, you'll get double fuel points and free delivery. So shop and save big at Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. This is the NeuroDigest, courtesy of Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons Africa, where we bring you real-time stories, the state of the nation, the state of our lives, and facts and realities about special needs parenting and inter- interacting with persons with disabilities themselves. And today we have the honors of having Mr. Andrew himself, who this podcast is named after, and whom I call an honor to be my teacher as a special needs parenting. Uh, parent of two, this is the first one I ever experienced the challenges with epilepsy, autism, raising him, and at 13, uh, we have done a commendable job. I so believe, and yes, I know I have. <laughs> You're laughing, he's laughing at me, so I don't know if he believes me or not. So Andrew is 13, the square root of 169, so I have an official teenager in the house. And in the 13 years of this journey, trust you me, there has been ups, downs, mountains, valleys, rivers of tears in both joy and sorrow, nights of that are sleepless. Actually, we don't ever sleep. Trust you me, if you drop a pin in the middle of the night, I will hear it. Because you have to always be on standby, especially where epilepsy is concerned. And today we want to focus on the state of the nation, all matters, neurodevelopmental disabilities. You just met Mr. Andrew himself, and to your eye, as you can see, he's just a typical boy. Until you talk to him, there is no sign, no physical challenge that can tell you that he's actually a person with disabilities. And that is the one fact that brings us a lot of trouble when it comes to policy inclusion, access to social protection services, and even being included generally when we say we have a lot to do. Because when my child walks in the room, he is just a boy a normal boy who can be mistaken to be okay until you have any interactions with him as we have seen is when you will realize out of the spectrum of autism challenges there is language difficulties socialization difficulties learning difficulties physical difficulties because his fine motor skills are not there then there are some behaviors like you saw he was holding a stick which to him is his teeming item when things get uneasy he will flip that stick and that is what gets him comfortable and calm and easy and regulate in a different environment that gets him unsettled. That is it matters sensory. He's also very sensitive to noise. So you he we've already taught him to prompt when the voices are too loud so he will tell you noise and block his ears and you know you need to make changes in the environment. That's just an introduction of that challenges that we have in autism and some of them. But now, as you can see today, the setup is different. We're here for Bear's Nest. It's been a week where, with actually the whole month, there's been a lot going on. On the front of the disability space, we've been having the tax exemption exercise, registration and vetting ongoing. And generally, with the announcement of the government to have an extra 500,000 persons with disabilities to be enlisted in the Inua Jamii platform, where people get a capitation fee of approximately 2,000 per month for persons with disability, orphans, and the elderly in our society. But the sad reality 
is from our own statistics when we've done our research and we've done soft surveys online out of all the people we asked only two had actually ever gotten some support this is the neurodiverse remember our conversation always surrounds persons with neurodevelopmental disability and if you look at those numbers that is quite alarming two people it was actually four two still receive two uh, fall off when the system migration happened in the payments in the payment terms and it is some good news that actually finally the government has opened up some of the numbers now we have uh the five hundred thousand. but the fact is Still, persons with disabilities have not been prioritized. Why do I say this? We were allocated only 18,000 slots. And after consultation as the National Council, we went and pushed for these numbers and it went up to 21,000, which we hope we will still get at the end of it. Because like we know, we do need different foreground. And with this 21,000, you know, the challenge becomes which criteria do we use? And so many people have been complaining about the underlying statement, severe disabilities. Who defines severity of a disability? How do you measure it? Does it matter when it's only the household? I have two kids on the spectrum. All of them have different needs and different supports. But according to the laws and the systems of how the cash transfer system is done, one child, only one of the two, is listed in the Inua Jami. But then now, having two, does that make me severe? Does that make me more needy? Does that make me need support? People might say, oh, Sylvia, you're good, you can travel, you dress good, you look good. You don't deserve that money, but my friend, I will paint that picture for you. Then you can see where we're all coming from. Several parents have been complaining about being turned away during the exercise. And we did a post on our socials and called for help. And I was not around, but I was able to talk to different parents and came back, had a meeting at the council, and we wrote to the government uh, social protection, and we've all seen the letter that came out after that, clearly stating that the invisible disabilities should also be listed, because it would be very sad that we finally have an opportunity after so many years to enlist the neurodiverse community, and they will still be let, uh, be turned away because we've had many parents complaining. And this brings us back to the level of awareness, because if you're in the public sector and you have clearly stated persons with disabilities are being enlisted, yet you want to be the judge and jury at that point by looking at them and saying, this one, I, I just got a call from a parent with a child with cerebral palsy that they were told, they're on the wheelchair, they look like they will be okay, so you, you don't qualify, go back home. Really, people? Like, really? Do we really understand what it takes to raise that child who is fully dependent on you? Because that's the reality on us. That's the reality of special needs parenting. And I want today to give you facts and figures. I'm not just going to be talking about it, but all this while in the five years going of Andy Speaks being in the policy amendments space and trying to rally for policy to be changed so that the neurodiverse community and persons with neurodevelopmental disabilities and learning challenges can be included. I want to take you through this. There will be different sections. I always say, as Andy Speaks, we champion for three main areas, education, health and social protection and these three cannot be separated when you're dealing with a person who's neurodiverse because all these areas intertwine for them to actually live a near normal life and all these services come together to make it worth their while to make them be able to stay with us and all this awareness we're raising is so that you can also help us to echo our voice and be heard that we also deserve to be included because we 
I have invisible disability, which does not make us any less humans. It does not make our children any less human. They just are different, and it's about us, the society, to adjust ourselves, adjust our attitude, and adjust our actions to include them. And like they say, there's nothing for us without us. So, with that brief interruptions, we all know, we've seen the transport sector in Kenya. How does this affect the neurodiverse community? My child will be like, noise at the slightest increase of noise and block his ears. That is sensory. Sensory overload makes them very unsettled. We all know how our matatus are like, boom, boom, twaf. So that means as a parent, Uber is my best friend. Neighbors, car, if I have good neighbors. Or get a car. How do I get a car? That takes me to the next step. According to our According to our status here, we always say that one of the benefits under social protection for persons with disability is the benefit of actually getting a tax exemption when you import a car. But let me give you a reality check, my friend. When it comes to neurodevelopmental disabilities, our children are automatically disqualified. For example, Andrew, let's say if he was a high-functioning autistic but has a comorbid of epilepsy, the disqualification of epilepsy already makes them unfit to be behind the wheels. They could be causing danger to society. Why? You can get a seizure anytime. If someone flashes their light, that is a trigger that can actually cause uh, him to get into convulsions, which is not such a good thing. So it is up to me to take my child everywhere. If I put them in an Uber on their own, it's a security risk. If they have a meltdown, they don't know how to communicate, the list is endless. You get my drift. So that means my cost of transportation and taking care of this child has just moved a notch higher from a typical monainchi whose budget will always be, I'll take a matutu for 20 shillings, 50 shillings, 100 shillings, I get where I am. For me, it will always be minimum 200 Kenya shillings to get me where I'm going and I have to stop what I'm doing and take my child where they will be going. So that tax exemption where our outcry is, extend it to us as caregivers. Put all the sanctions, all the barriers, all the requirements, but let that parent not struggle carrying that wheelchair around, trying to fight with people to get a space, paying double because if they accept you and your wheelchair, you pay the extra. And that is the reality, my friends, that we have faced on ground, which is not fair. Your child pulls the next person, and they have the grip. They hold them. You're invading their personal space. The stairs. We've had people being kicked out of cars. That is our sad reality just because your child is different. I, I remember the story of a mom whose child had a meltdown and the whole bus was on her case. Indiscipline, you're called everything, but it's not a tantrum. That's one thing we need people to know. It is not a tantrum. That is a meltdown, which means the environment is not conducive for that child, but they're non-verbal, they can't tell you. The only thing they have is either they will cry or steam, whichever action they use to steam, that is the only way of communication of their discomfort. So kudos to film for what we have now, the changes that we're having in the transport sector, but still, we were not included because we still have a distance to go and we are hoping that you will be our voice. The next time a parent enters into a public vehicle and they need that extra accommodation, you will be the one to help them voice their needs and have them be accommodated. Let's move to a different department. The sector of education. Education, education, education. There is free education in Kenya, but for who? Typical children, because for us, we have no idea what free education is. Public institutions are there, but our children are clustered and put in a corner and 
that corner of the school where nobody knows the data deficit and they don't care. And if you go and ask, actually, most of the head teachers they will tell you go ask this, the lead of the special needs department. So does that mean they're less? They don't matter. They don't count. But when it comes to receiving money, oh my friend, they know everything that needs to be known, and that is something that needs to change in our ministries. Let us be factual. There is no way we will expect our children to come and have a level field or discover even their abilities when we do not interject from the very beginning. And this is where we fight for equity. Not equality, because we are not equal, but equity. Equity in that, if I am a visual learner, give me visual aids. If I'm an auditory learner, give me auditory learning inputs. If I'm tactile, make sure the environment is tactile sufficiently enough for me. And that is what the spectrum is about. And that, what, that is what autism and neurodiversity is. When I don't know how to do math the same way the teacher teaches it, find other ways of teaching me. Use anything else to teach me. And that is what it means with equity. Give me the assistive devices that I require so that I'm able to catch up and play. It's way easier for others. Visually prepared have the braille have the white canes for mobility. Those with hard, hard of hearing have sign language. Then they have uh, hearing aids. What do we have? Alternative means of basic communication for special needs and those with uh, autism is practically non-existent. If a parent has never heard of the picture exchange button, Bex. Yeah, I got it right. Bex. The many softwares are there, I kid you not. But can they really afford to have the electronic devices? Do they even have power in their houses to start with? Those are the basic essentials that everyone else is supposed to be. And it is your basic human right. But it is a luxury for some. If you look at the statistics of how many people actually have mobile phones, how many special needs households can afford, and this will answer you at the end of it all. Because I want us to also dive into the broader spectrum of exactly the needs that we need. So we did a survey to ask parents in the space of infrastructure and support in raising your special needs child. So the institutions that are required, leading in that list is inclusive schools. Underline the word inclusive, not secluded, not just being in the corner, but inclusive and integrated. And systems that are actually followed when we're talking about IEPs, Individualized Education Plans and Programs, that are being followed to the latter, each child with his own, because it is about stage-based learning. It is about what that child can do. It's not just because you're 13, then you have to do this. My son is 13, he cannot even hold that pen. He cannot even color perfectly between the lines. But that does not change that he is a human and he understands all other aspects of life. He can communicate in his own ways. We have just adjusted on how to communicate and we have given alternative ways of doing so. And that is what we just need for those who are neurodivergent. Let's go to the next thing, therapy centers. As you all know, at Andy Speaks, we have tried to integrate education systems to have therapy centers in school. That saves me, the parent, time away from, from my work to go take my child to school. It saves my child time from leaving school to go out for therapy. And that means both of us, it's a win-win situation. I don't know how hard or how loud we can make this for our education system so that they understand it. The same way other kids have PE uh, as part of the class, we want therapy sessions to be majority of. And it is something that is proven. 
out in Addis Ababa Akateli for free. I visited there and one of the most progressive schools that they have. What is the first thing that they have gotten right? Early intervention. A special needs child comes and from the word go, all they do is therapy, 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 the whole day, one-on-one. -on -one. Not 20 students to one teacher, no. One-to-one -one. and the better they get, the lesser they the, the therapy and more they start introducing other uh, learning skills and other subjects. And trust you me, by the time I was getting to the higher levels, I could not tell apart an autistic child from a typical child. That is how much early intervention means. And that is why we rally and call for these things to be, uh, to be included for equity. For there to be education in equity, it's just not about the curriculum. It's about what do I need as an individual? As much as we're in the third world, I'm sure it's something we can do if we just have our right um, focus and attitude, back to attitude. So apart from that, we had, um, that was like majority, like 90, what is this percentile? Let me even read for you the in percentile. So we have inclusive schools at 29.9, therapy centers at 29.7, uh, we have talent development centers at 14.2, followed by pre-vocational and vocational centers at 18.8%. And then we have daycare at 7.3. The funny thing most people did not know uh, that we had thrown in, which is the respite centers. People have never heard what a respite center is, funny enough. But just to educate you, my listener, respite center is where now, as a parent, you need time out. You can either go, away and leave your child to be attended to it depends with uh, different countries how they've set it up or different respite centers or you give the respite center your child you stay at home and rest out you know the reality is parents have had to be admitted in hospital to just get a breather to maintain their mental health to keep sane and have their sanity because this journey is not for the faint-hearted so these are our needs but what does it cost to get these needs? So you can imagine all these shadow teachers, extra music classes to develop the talent, and all these other assistive devices that we have to bring, which is typical toys for other children, is a cost that the parent has to bear. And also now, as we talked about the therapy centers, we will get into the space of therapies in general. The different types of therapies, if you visit our resource hub, that is www.specialneedsresourcehub.org, where we have listed for you the different therapies, explained it in black and white, gray, red, all the ways you can think of. And even gone ahead to try and list out the public services you can access as we continue and listing other services. You will find that 80% of us need more than one therapy service. And this from our survey, that we have done, I can tell you, is one of the basic, when you have your basic meal, food, water, shelter, people say it, internet, food, shelter, clothing, ours, the debate is majority of the times now, the things that our children need, therapy, how many times? You need it three times a week. Can we afford three times a week is the question. Remember everyone is complaining about the financial status, inflation, lack of jobs, as we have an extra list of the things that we need uh, to be taken care of. At Andy Speaks, policy is one of the key things that we do, and I want to just take you through to understand the journey that it has been since inception. We have done a lot of lobby papers and, and called out for support from government to the Senate, to the parliamentary select committees, 
and this is all based on the facts from the surveys that you special needs parents have communicated to us and i'm sure if we were to do this again maybe there'll be some change maybe there'll be there'll be none but one thing for sure we know more parents are more aware and more parents are out and ready to speak so like this is a tax lobby paper that we had written and what we are pushing for is very basic like i said earlier extension of tax benefits to us as caregivers is one of the things that parents have been crying out for for long very very long because let's call a spade a spade as you are thinking of how your kid will get to 18 and they go and fend for themselves i'm calculating how much extra i need to save to make sure my son will have all he needs all his life because god forbid i better not die before him because who's gonna take care of him that is what keeps us awake at night and giving us sleepless nights it is our reality and our fact because handling them even with closest family is not easy and we are hoping for integration for the community to embrace and be more supportive so we are ready to face a whole list of benchmarkings like i say so that we are able to just get tax exemption as caregivers who are raising our kids. I'm paying the same tax as you, my fellow citizen, but at the end of the day, if you look at my costs of things that it's not bringing upon yourself, I still have to pay the taxes and pay more taxes because of all the other extra things and the some of the things that we have to import. And even that importation, that relief is not there. Some places it is written that it should be, but we are hoping that the 2021 bill will be reviewed because it was put there after the first lobbying we've done since 2020 that this should be included for some of the things that we have like diapers feeding tubes as you can just take your plate and eat there is a parent out there who has to keep changing the tube that they use to feed their child they have to blend their food blender is a luxury it is a basic need in another household and a basic need that can break down maybe the end you have to buy another one and i've not gone to other costs that um, our fellow CP parents of neurodevelopmental disabilities have to deal with. So there is a lot that we usually um, have put out. This one was about tax. It's an entire paper. Um, and we are hoping that KRA will be able to come to our aid. And just see, because we have outlined different amendments that we require to be done, and we're hoping that they're going to listen to us on that one under tax. Now, this other one was to the parliament and this is just general representation and changes in the amendments of bills and that is where we have a lot of the queries i've touched on some of them under health health is the last because health is wealth but uh, a level of awareness needs to improve education we've said the teacher student ratio employment of uh, shadow teachers which is apparent cost which should be looked at that the schools should be able to take care of that and have sufficient uh, teacher student relations implementation of education um, individualized education plans because it is there on paper but it's not there on the ground vocational training centers equipping actual existing centers uh, proper career integration that is when we're talking about inclusive schools let them be inclusive let them be integrated and the other question that has been arising from that, so the parents with integrated schools have to pay the mainstream and the special unit, because that is the fact on the ground. Double payment, 
still another burden coming onto special needs parents. Now, in-house therapy would come a long way to help our children uh, normalize better and be able to take care of themselves. For me, one thing that I pray for is my kids will be able to dress on their own because the amount of time that that takes in the morning, trust you me, is not easy. It's something that comes out typically easy for your child. But for us, it's still part of school, part of class, and some of the things we are hoping to fully, fully attain, even after all these years of, of therapy and training. Social protection, we've said, well, stigma, tax exemption for caregivers, PWD benefits, extensions, um, cases of justice or amendments to um, representation, which is in the new bill, and we thank God for that, and it goes through and it actually passes. And employment of persons with neurodevelopmental disabilities. Do you know, actually, an autistic person is one of the best employees you will have. They don't lie. Yeah, if you didn't know, one of the attributes of being an autistic. They don't lie. They're very good at this is how things are done. They will stick to it the same way they like routine. It's the same way they will implement in it. And so long as there is a system, they will follow it to the latter. I'm sure you've all watched Sheldon and Big Bang Theory and the young Sheldon. And yes, that is the reality. But the good thing is outside there, they get the proper support that they need. And according to our recent survey, let me give you this interesting fact. One of the surveys that we did out of 300, 198 out of 370 people sampled, only 2% uh, that were registered uh, had their disability cards, only 2% of them were on cash transfer, and 5% have ever received any support from the social protection programs that we have by having their registration card. And these are the numbers we want to kill. We want parents to come out, get registered, and be able to take advantage of all this. Now we have the new Jami program that I said that is going on with all the things that are going on with it. We're hoping that number will come because that four is not good. And we have the facts and the figures. And then when it comes to accessibility and infrastructure, the toilets in the public, you have, imagine you have an adult child in diapers who's in cerebral palsy. Our toilets only have four babies. So how do you change their diaper in public? That confines you to staying at home. When we go to public service spaces, I can tell you this for free, when I went for passport for my child, if you look at that photo, it always brings bad memories because he's claustrophobic. But when I said my child needs um, special support to be allowed priority, it's just the usual, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, you. He looks okay, but he's not okay. And this trust you me played out so damn well because by the time his sensory could not take it anymore the boy screamed down the entire nyayo house by the time we were running to try and make adjustments it was so hot there were so many people my son stripped naked in the middle of all that chaos and this was before the new nice lines and priority and whatnot no when it was packed he just removed his clothes and that's the time they're like what is going on and you know at that point when he was screaming and he was having a meltdown and people are almost lynching me because of my bad parenting and who runs to you i have another one here i have another one here the reality on the ground is usually very sad and uh, that passport photo actually ended up with him in a vest and with a very i am not happy face so <laughs> always look at it and remember that journey i can laugh at it now but at that time I had lost it. I was like hanging by a thread because there's nothing else I could do. Distribution of service and support of goods is one thing. How do we access things? 
accessing basic essentials for us, like the therapy centers, they're not there. Speech therapists, we do not have sufficient. The ones that are there are mega expensive, and we'll get into that just now. So we did, and um, this takes us to the section of health. So from the survey, we asked parents what therapy services they require. So a combination of occupational therapy and speech therapy was 29% of the parents who participated. Occupational therapy only 27% of them, speech therapy only 14%, and physiotherapy 6%, all of the above. Occupational speech and physio 7%, 9% did not need any, and others needed about 8% of other types of intervention. So this is just therapy. Let me take you to the next section. The costs of these therapies. So we, we, we bundle them up into how much they cost, like one to 500, 8%, uh, 500, how much they pay, 500 to 1,000, 18% of them, 1,000 to 2,500, 25%, and between 2,500 and 5,000 is 31%, and 5,000 and above is 5%, and only 8% did not need therapy, which balances with the 8% who do not, 8% of zero cost because that tallies. And what does this tell you? I need an extra 5,000. By the way, we're talking about per session. So every one hour I am paying for services at 5,000, and minimum advice is twice a week. So do my budget. I cannot access work because I have to take care of my child full-time, yet I have to take them for this one service. That was just one of them. So go to speech. That is another session you need to pay for separately. And if your child needs physio, add that on top. At least physio is not, about, is not as expensive as OT because it is open to many because of accident victims, rehab, rehabilitation post-accident. And that's why we're saying when we're seeing our children walking there and parents coming to line up asking to be registered for that 2000 walk, that's a relief that is big time. I've not even finished the list, by the way. So that is just that. I wanted us to look into the therapy. And um, when we look at the average cost that we ask the parents of how much extra it is that they pay, you cry that the finances, then the financial situation is dire. Let me shock you. You have free education for me, for my child to get education. I have to budget for 51,600. And this is the average special school because even in those free schools, they still have to pay an extra, approximately 10,000 per term. So a year 30,000. This one we're talking about every term. I will tell you for free, one of the best schools that we have, not less than 100,000. When you come to medicine, an average of 8,000. My own testament, we will break it down. Let me just touch on that one. Therapy is approximately 2,700. Speech therapy is approximately 2,000. Physiotherapy, this 2,000, I don't know. It's actually because of if you go to government uh, offices. I went for speech therapy, I had to cough 7,500 for one hour. One. And then that's where I said, let me just do it in school. But then when schools close, I still have to figure out how else it's going to be sustainable. And then when you look at assistive devices, you need to buy them for around 5,000. Specialist visits, this is depending on the severity per month, per quarter, by annually. Uh, average around 3,500. But then let me remind you folks, this is our report of 2020. So these figures definitely are totally different right now. 
So and you have learning aids approximately 4,600. Now, I will zoom into the cost of medication because this teaches me the most. Not just me, because it is a life and death situation. And because when I go and look at universal healthcare, it clearly states that children with disabilities are supposed to have access free medical services. It says that if I have my NHIF card, I am supposed to be able to get free services as a person with disability. In our constitution, in our acts for persons with disability, it is there. But what's the facts on the ground? It never happens. So, you are admitted. You go get um, extra insurance cover just to cover up the situation. What do you get? Existing conditions, we will not cover you, mom, I'm sorry. You're in hospital, no, we cannot cover. I will tell you for free, this thing can kill you. They can kill you and finish you. I had traveled and I got a call from the school that we had an emergency and I'm not in the country and I'm told the ambulance has arrived, it's going, where do we take him? I say where the child should be taken. And trust you me, after that, after a long afternoon, very long afternoon, insurance says they're not going to pay and the hospital needs 400,000 so that the child can be put in high dependency because that's the reality of epilepsy. If it goes longer and you have more than one seizure that has lasted so long, it can lead to death and you need constant monitoring at a minimum of 40, 48 hours until they can figure out what the trigger was. Welcome to our realities. So that one relationships is what got me out of it because trust you me, the good thing of seeing the same doctor over and over again, they can vouch that you're not running anywhere. And thank God my child was able to be seen albeit 12 hours later is when they actually go to bed. Every month, when you have to deal with uh, seizure disorders and uh, epilepsy. Fact is our children depend on medication. And like something like COVID time when we couldn't access therapy, we couldn't access medications freely, couldn't go to hospital, couldn't have a prescription reviewed before people discovered telemedicine. We lost a lot of kids, but who, who, who keeps the numbers? Do we even have data and statistics of how many special needs children passed on? I can tell you for free, in a month, the number of harambees we had laying to rest special needs children due to different things was, was so bad. We've had, at Andy Speaks, we've had phone calls from parents in hospital saying, I'm here, I'm admitted, but they do not have anticonvulsants. Please come to our aid. And it's a very sad state. And this, this situation, FYI, for those who don't know, is about to get worse, my friend, because the one person, the one most common um, anticonvulsant medication that is averagely affordable, the service providers left, and the shortage is already there, and there is also, we're already feeling the pinch. I can tell you for free, I walk around with this bottle. My son has gone almost a month without that medication. Thank God it's not a core medication because it's for the support of ADHD. And um, as much as this small tiny bottle costs me 5000 for for one month, I can't find it. In the major hospitals, I can't find it. I've gone to chemists, I can't find it. I've gone around, I can't find it. Last incident we had of uh, hospital admission, there is no... IV for that medicine that I say the most common medicine that is there. They are not available in IV. We have to resort to something else which is more expensive, but it does the job. I'm looking at my prescription. Let me break it down for you and give you a reality of my life. 
I'll just use my, this is the data that I have, but I know from the medicine support program we had, I saw there is another parent. At that time, I was not at this level, but when we were running our anticonvulsant medication support program, we had parents who were paying up to 35,000 per month for medication. I am now living that one. Because I never used to get how that is possible. But you know, the thing with anticonvulsants, the more they grow, the more weight they have, the higher the dosage to keep the child uh, away from seizures. I remember I was almost celebrating two years of clean, no seizure, which meant we would stop medication. And halfway through the adjustments, oh my friend, teenage hormones, and we got back. And I bet you did not even know that. Imbalance in your hormones always act also as a trigger. Something as small as a girl who has a convulsive disorder having her period, that is a trigger. A boy going through the teenage changes, that is a trigger. The children who've been okay, but the minute they get to a teenage, they start getting convulsions. So if the child is young, just be mentally prepared that this is a possibility for when your child grows old, older. So in our prescriptions, we have two. Medicine E, which comes twice a day, medicine K, which comes twice a day with different dosage in the, in the, in the day. So this is my receipt for one week, just one week. This is not the original tablet, by the way, just to say it, this is not the original tablet. I had to go for the generic version because if I am working with the, gen the, the original K that I need, <laughs> I don't know if we'll eat the rest of us because the budget allocation of this medication, which is very key, because if 48 hours go without the medicine, we are now in hospital. So one tablet is 105, that is 500, which we take twice a day. The next one, which we take double at a go, this is the generic, is 190 per tablet. So if I go for the original, it's over 200 shillings for the original, for the same, yeah so 190 i'm taking two tablets once then i'm taking it twice a day so i need it i need like four of them to be able to meet the dosage that i require so mark you i have not done my supplements because some of the side effects that this medication have is eating away on the calcium that is in our bodies we have to do tests like liver function, kidney function, because these medications have to be processed. And that means your body is overworking to protect you and at the same time losing something. So you always have to do your annual checks to make sure that your child is okay. That is another extra expense that typical people don't even have to think about or even worry about unless something else happens is when you will remember you have a liver. But for us, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. But Liver, whatever your body is working fine, it's there. Oh, yeah, there's something like that. But for us, for our children, I have to do at least once a year to just know that our livers are still functioning okay. Because we've had cases where a child just falls sick, and you hear their liver and the kidneys are failing, and then they're gone like they just gone. So, the chances in special experiencing of losing a child are just multiple, and yet, someone will say. It's not severe disability, my friend. Walk in our shoes just for one day, then come back and let's review our notes. Now, in summary, a budget. So I will spend 
1,000 on medication per day, I would spend 1,500 minimum for occupational therapy session if I choose to do it once a week. Yet my recommended is three times a week so that my child can catch up. I need a bare minimum of 2,000. This is in the, not smaller, in the group session where if it is integrated in the school course private, double that amount. If I choose to go to an institution and that is not government, my friend, occupational therapy is 5,000, speech therapy is 7,500. So you have to just make your pick. So uh, then we have the assistive devices that you have to get for me. Sadly, right now we have um, flat foot and there are many other physical disabilities that are mild, but some of them require uh, assistive devices. We've been on insoles that have not worked. Now we are on AFOs. So you learn each day. I, I didn't even know those things exist, but see such is life. Then for the other baby, because of the ADHD, lack of settling, we have to have another extra therapy, which is cognitive behavior therapy. I didn't even know this word existed until we got certified ADHD. And then when it got too much, because there's hormone, there's teenage, there is all these things, and then there is autism in it, and then you just have to figure out, but we are here to raise them. God gave us that responsibility. Then you have to see your neurologist every quarter. That is a bare minimum of between 3,000 to 4,500. Then you have to see your developmental pediatrician. That is another 5,000 on that. And like I said, our organ checks, that will be between 10,000 and 75,000, my friend. I've got it into my shadow teachers that I have to pay out of my pocket. You have a nanny, two, if you have other kids, so that you have one that specializes and focuses on your child. Then you have to pay for the extracurricular activities that will be provided, like cost therapy ETC. So that just paints a figure. Now tell me, am I working for me? Am I working for my child? I'm paying my taxes, yet I'm not severe enough. That begs the question. I will go to work, I will do my work. For those of us who are lucky to even sustain a job, or I'll stay at home, do my mama poor. And yet you will look at my child and tell me, to my face, this one is handsome, they don't need it. They are okay, they don't need it. So ask and check yourself. You as that government service provider, you as the person who's been entitled to, when you're just asked to take a minute and do that, just listen. Don't be too judgmental. It's not always what you see that is what it is. So this episode is to just squarely enlighten you to know that as much as my child who was here earlier will walk and look like a typical child, the support that he requires from me is way deeper for the rest of his life. As you're planning to be taken care of, by your other children when you pass on, when you grow old, you know, they'll take over and they'll do things. I pray every day for God to keep me long enough. And as long as possible, I will not even have the thought of dying. So that I can always be there for my child. And that is the sad reality of what special needs parenting is all about. So next time before you judge a parent, just take a moment and look at what it is that they're dealing with. And we have not even included the stigma that you, the community, will pass on to them and judge them for the things they do or do not. So before you judge, think twice.
before you open your mouth, think twice. Before you condemn, before you raise your hand to hit that child, you have no idea how much it has taken to get them where they are. So let's embrace neurodiversity and to learn more about these conditions and more in-depth information on how to get services and service providers, you can always follow us and click on our icon so that you can access the neurodiverse, uh, I mean, you can access our special needs resource hub where all information is available for you to learn and for you to be able to support your neighbor who might need this information and to know that once we change our policies and we have a more inclusive environment, we will all be a happy nation. And I trust as, 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 as Africa arises, we will be able to get there. I've been your host, Dr. Sylvia Machabo Akinsiku, bringing for you the facts and the status of our nation. So as you complain about the finances, just think about that other parent who has double or triple of what it is that is on the plate. And as we fight, let us fight for all so that we can have some equity. Thank you and do not forget to follow us, like and, be, and we hope to see you next time on the same channel that is available on all podcast platforms. See you next time.